We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. James, if Hartman can throw for 37 and one yards at Wake, I couldn't see why he couldn't reach 4,000 at Notre Dame. However, do we really need Hartman putting up that much production out with how loaded the running back room is? Do they need it? I don't think they need it. I don't think they need him throwing for 4,000 yards. So first right. of all, if if he would have played – the uh, 13 games last year, I think he would have been close to 4,000 or gone over it. I'm actually, let me look at the math here real quick. Cause he only played 12 games. Remember he missed the opener because of the uh, off season in surgery. Now off the top of your head, who was the opener? They played against army. Okay. So very doable to get 300 plus. Y- y- oh no, I'm sorry. VMI is who they played in the opener. Same, same answer. He'd have been at least 270, 280. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, he didn't need, what, 299 in that game? You know, yeah, he averaged over 300. So, yeah. you know, that that gets him there. They don't need him to average 300 yards a game this year. You know, I'd like, I'd like them to average about 280 is about where I'd like them to be this season. And if you talk about, you know, 12 games in the regular season, that's 33, 3,360 yards. And then you add that into a postseason game. And you're talking about 3,600 yards. Anything above 3,600 yards to me is gravy. Because again, I, I see him not playing a lot against Tennessee State. I see him not playing for four quarters against Central Michigan. I mean, he can complete 10 balls in the first half for 220 yards and and not playing the second half. And right. honestly, that's exactly right. what I would do. Yep. I'm not worried about Sam Hartman getting a 4,000 yards. Exactly. I'm worried about, okay, we're up 38 to nothing at halftime. I need to get Kenny Minchie or Steve Angeli some snaps and let him run the offense, you know, and, and I'm sure Sam would be fine with that. So it, it just could be a little bit tougher. And, again, they're going to be more balanced. I mean, look, the other part of the reason they he had to throw for 4,000 yards if they were going to win, the 4,000 yards he threw for in 2021 came in 14 games. Now, if Sam Hartman plays – in 14 games at Notre Dame, then he's going to have a much better shot at getting closer to 4,000 yards. If he only averages sure. 280 events 
and he plays 14 games, he's at 3,920 yards, right? That's really good. Yeah. So it's also looking at that, you know, the number of games was significantly different. He had 520-ish more yards in 2021 than he had in 2022, but he played in two more games. Right. Because they played in the ACC title game in 21, and he didn't, and he missed the opener as well in 2022. So you look at all those different aspects of it, and, um, you know, th- those are – that's kind of where – where I look at it, it is 36 plus I'm good. Yeah. Right. I, I care more about the yards per attempt and things like that. I care more about those numbers being like around nine than I care about him throwing for 300 a game. Sure. Because of the nature of the offense. Oh, last point I was going to make Vince is when you look at Wake Forest and and you look at part of the reason why he threw for 4,000 yards last year is because their entire offense rushed for uh, last season. 1,704 yards. That's it in 13 games. That's not even what Audric and 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 um, Logan did by themselves. Right. They averaged 131.1 rushing yards per game last season. Right. Right. I mean, so he had, he had to. to. He had right. to. And Their that's... running backs average 4.2, 4.0, 4.8, yeah. uh, 4.9 on a kid that had 12 carries, and then 4.1. As a team, they averaged right. 3.4, 3.37 yards per carry last year. So that that's why he had to do that. Right. Because, I mean, if you look at it, Vince, I mean, uh, you know, what would Notre Dame's offense have looked like last year if they only rushed for 3.4 yards per carry? They'd have been terrible, right? Because they didn't have the pass game to protect them. They'd have, they'd have been awful. And yet yep. Wake went out and won eight games doing it that way. You know, I mean, Notre Dame only averaged two more rushes a game than Wake Forest. That's it. Yeah. Right. But they ran at such a different tempo and a different right. pace. They just weren't good at it. Right. So could you're just could he throw for 4,000? Yeah. I mean, sure. and the premise of I don't see why he couldn't reach 4,000 at Notre Dame is accurate. Of course he could. Vince, but, if they wanted to throw the ball, he could easily right. get to 4,000 yards. Exactly. If yeah. he throws the ball as much as he did at Wake Forest, He's going to go over oh, 4,000 yards. Easily. You know what I mean? Like that's. But will they be a great team? Exactly. And that, because yeah. that's not the offense that I envision at Notre Dame being the most successful championship ready offense that you can muster. It'd be great for Sam Hartman. He throws for 4,300 yards at Notre Dame and 40 touchdowns or whatever. That's yeah. great. But I don't think you're winning a championship that way because right. you're very one dimensional. And that's right. you need to be more balanced in order to right. do that. So agree. That's not where you want him to be. Right. Could he? Yes, but that's not right. where you want him. And, and in the chat, somebody's talking about you know Stetson Bennett threw for four thousand yards last year, and, and he and he did. He threw for four thousand one hundred twenty-seven yards, but he did it in fifteen, 15 games. games. Yeah, exactly. Right. So for yeah. Sam Hartman to do that, uh, let's just say he doesn't. He only you know that Notre Dame doesn't play in the national championship. He would have to throw for three hundred seventeen yards a game. Even in a four, a third, a fourteen game season, which is the most that Notre Dame can play, he'd have to average two hundred ninety five yards a game to do that. Well, that's twenty more yards per game than Setson Bennett ran for last, than threw for last year. Right. So, it's just a it's a different animal. I mean, Stetson Bennett had see one, two, three, four, five, six games last year with over three hundred yards passing. Sam Hartman last year at 3,700 yards had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games of over 300 yards passing. 
You know, I mean, Stetson Bennett had a game, Vince, where he threw for 116 yards and they won a road game in the SEC. He had 116 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. He had another game against a Power 5 opponent in the ACC that his team won by 23 points and he threw for 140 yards and only completed 10 passes. Sam yeah. Hartman can't win games at Wake, Wake Forest if he does that. So it's just right. it's just not needed. You know, and then he goes out and he'll throw for a bunch of yards against, you know, you know, had 300 yards against Samford, Stetson Bennett did. And, you know, but it's 15 games. Exactly. Right? That's the key. If Notre Dame played 15 games this year, there's no doubt that if Sam Hartman's healthy for all of them, that, that he throws for 4,000 yards. No, right. no doubt. Because he'd right. only need 275. 10 below what I, or five below what I said I want him to average this year to be at 3,600. Right. Right. It's just the nature of. Uh, just Notre Dame's not playing all, 15 games no matter what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. I'd be interested. Yeah, because good lord, could you imagine what would have to happen for them to play 15 games? Like something between now and the start of the season would result in Notre Dame joining a conference. <laughs> yeah, Last time right. that happened, I don't want to have to go through that crap. Oh again. my gosh, don't even go there. Yeah, so, that's yeah. not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now, Speaking of Sam be. Hartman, uh, Archer says, uh, shout out to Hartman for raising awareness about Ronald McDonald House support. As a parent who's had to use it, it is a genuine blessing from the Lord. Archer, uh, yeah. I'm with you 100% because I also had to use it when my twins were in the NICU when they were first born. And it was amazing. My wife stayed in one of the little hotel rooms, basically, that's right there. And my son, who is now 16, he was two and a half. We would hang out in there and play with toys and watch TV and like dinner. I mean, dinner was provided and, and it was 
an absolute blessing. And I am with you a thousand percent, Archer. I don't know. I didn't even know. Like I knew that it existed, but until you have to utilize stuff like that, you don't realize how important it actually is. And it was, it made those two weeks bearable. It was terrible. I mean, they weren't sick. They were just early mine. Those were your second, that was your second time having kids. Second pregnancy. Yeah. Right. So you were still kind of a new parent because Dylan wasn't. It was two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Right. I mean, that was, it was a blessing. It was an absolute blessing to be able to utilize that whole situation. And just, that was just one less thing to worry about, you know? Um, So yes, Archer, I'm with you hundred percent on that. So from that good news to someone just, I don't understand why some people just hate me. Why, why, I don't understand. Can't hide speed. Why, why this hate? Bold prediction for Brian. We'll be a triple option team by the end of the year so we can get all of our running backs in the field because they're balling. Why do you hurt me? Why do you hurt me? Why do you say things that hurt me? You know I hate the triple option. <laughs> Problem is there's only two running backs on the field for triple option, and there's well, a three. fullback, and nobody – we don't have a fullback. I mean, oh, t- estimates a fullback. If Notre Dame was running Lou Holtz's offense <laughs> – He'd be a fullback. You're He'd right. Jerome Bettis. You're right. Because that was You're a ball-carrying right. position. If they so were running three. Navy's triple option, for when Navy's option is really good, your leading ball carrier is either your quarterback or your fullback. Correct. So, so Sam Martin wouldn't be your quarterback anymore. You'd probably have to turn the reins over to uh, Justin Fisher, uh, who would have yeah, to move Chase from tight end. Yeah. Those two guys, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, their leading rusher last year was their fullback. Leading rusher year before was their fullback. Sure. Leading rusher year first, leading two rushers a year before that with their fullback. So yeah, he would do that. They just wouldn't have the quarterback. They don't have a Malcolm Perry on their roster. No, right? they don't. No, so don't. yeah, I'm trying to think of who that. I mean, maybe Josh Burnham. I mean, it would be a different. <laughs> would it be Sam Hartman or Kenny Minchie or Steve Angeli? Uh, that's for nope. dang sure. No, it wouldn't. No, so, it wouldn't. Those guys would be yeah. holders on PAT. Yeah. yeah, put one of the running backs in there. Right. <laughs> right. right. I'm wondering. I'm curious. Like, did any? Could any? Did any of them play like any kind of quarterback in high school? I don't think so. No, I'd, yeah, it would, it would just it would be terrible. It'd be so boring to watch. <laughs> the Kaiser play, I, he played quarterback. Was it? It was option, wasn't it? Who did Kaiser? Did it was it option quarterback? No, Malik play? Malik played in. A, did Malik like a play game. option? Okay. No, I meant I meant Jack Kaiser. Oh, Jack Kaiser. You know what? That's exactly who my quarterback would be. It'd be Jack Kaiser. Yeah. No, you you nailed. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to think. Of, like, I knew there's somebody that played quarterback. Yeah. I'm moving Jack Kaiser over to quarterback. Okay, there you go. On a triple option. There you go. And thank God, truly thank the Lord above that we <laughs> never have to have this conversation, <laughs> like in real life and ever right. again. And we will no longer. I, I, I will no longer address that. I topic. hope. I really hope that we get to see one period of option prep. That's we what won't. I want. I want one period. They'd be stupid to do that. I know they would. I just want to. I just want to give you like a nudge and be like, mm-hmm. "It's the option." Yeah. <laughs> Why do you hurt me, Vince? Why do you hurt me? I don't understand. I've been so good to you over the years. <laughs> Let's move on. Archer, <laughs> mailbag. Which current assistant coach will be the next one to get a head coaching job, and what level will it be? Group of five, Power Five, NFL. Well, I could see Al Golden, if Notre Dame is as good on defense this year as I think they could be, I could see him sure. taking a head coaching job over going back to the NFL, although I still think he wants to go back to the NFL. But I could see him taking a, a group of five job 
I don't think it'd be a power five job. I think it'd be a group. Yeah, it would be, and it would be a leap for him to go from defensive coordinator at Notre Dame to being a head coach in the NFL. Correct. Correct. That's why I stuck with that. I don't think any of them are going to be head coaches in the NFL. I don't see anybody doing that. Agreed. Um, Could I see if 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 Notre Dame's the offense that they should be this year, and the running backs do what I think they're capable of, and Dylan McCullough's with the resume he has, I mean somebody's got to give him a look. Yeah. Here's the only problem: a buddy and I were kind of going through some different scenarios of jobs are open and there just aren't a lot of jobs coming up, probably barring, you know, some disasters, there aren't a lot of jobs coming open. However, there could be one job coming open this, this, um, this off season that could be really interesting to him. And that's Indiana where mm. he's been in the system for a long time. That's true. Cause Tom Allen's got to turn it around quick or he may not be there. I mean, I've heard he's a phenomenal human being. Sure. But- He's very motivational, all of those yeah. fun things. But for sure. whatever he's doing to motivate them as young people, which <clears> is very important, is not motivating them to win football games. Right. Because they just they just haven't been very good the last couple of years. I mean, two and ten, four and eight last two years. So um, and you look at their schedule this year, I mean, good lord, they start the season off with Ohio State. Hmm. And then they play Indiana State the next week should be a win. Then they're then they're playing Louisville and Indy. That won't be easy. Mm. And two weeks later, they're at Maryland, then Michigan, home against Rutgers, at Penn State, home against Wisconsin, at Illinois, home against Michigan State, and at Purdue. Okay, that's, that's a, a tough, tough stretch. Grind. Yeah, that's a tough grind. They're going to be lucky to be five hundred. Yeah, I mean, and if they're four and eight or and worse again, then all of a sudden, <clears throat> yeah, you know, you're 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 back in. You know, hey, we love you, but. Right. I just don't know. I just don't think this is working. Yeah. You know, and um, that's just that's kind of the the, the nature of this business. Right. Sure. And because if you think about it, he's only had two winning seasons. He had those back to back in 19 and 20. And the, the 20 season, the, the the COVID year is the only year that he they finished in the top 25 and they've been pretty bad since then. So I don't know how much longer of a reign he's going to have if they don't turn it around and looking at the roster. I'm not optimistic that they're going to be able to turn it around the season. Yeah. Now, maybe that job comes open. If I'm sure. Northwestern, I would give him a look. Because, I mean, that's the thing is is with Dylan McCullough, he's a, he's a guy that's been very much about, you know, being a disciplined group of guys, right? And he's kind of a little bit of a no-nonsense kind of guy, right, as a, as a coach. I, sure. At least that's always been my impression. So that would be another one. I I don't know if Northwestern is smart enough to look at him, but they'll probably look at like the NFL or some nonsense or – but uh, Dylan McCullough would probably be my best bet for head coach. I mean, that like, going to be mine. Washington's not going to get a head coaching job. O'Leary, Mickens, they're not going to get head coaching jobs, in my opinion. Chancey Stuck, he's not. He's been a head coach for this will be his third year. He's not going to get it. Jared Parker, it's even if they're great this record. year, yeah, it's going to mean yeah. mean no mean need more than one year as the offensive right. coordinator. And Joe Rudolph, Joe Rudolph, maybe, I maybe. Do you he's think, been is a that, coordinator. He may be a guy that wants to be head coach. Okay. He's, I was going to say, I don't know what his his I hopes and dreams are. I don't like, know that he does, yeah. but like as a guy that's been a coordinator, he's at least had some aspirations for doing more than just calling sure. plays. Like Harry Heastan is going to coach the offensive line. That's it. Right. Right. Yeah. You can throw a title on me, run game coordinator, whatever, to get me more money, but I'm doing what I always do. I'm, I'm this is yeah. what we're going to run, and I'm coaching the offensive line. Right. And so, right. You can call plays. I just, that's kind of where I'm at for that one. Vince is I just don't know that it's a, a job that necessarily he would want. I don't I don't know one way or the other. And Gino Gaduli maybe if if they have some success. But again, one year at Notre Dame, I don't know if it's a job. That, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're him and you're like, man, we got a good thing going. And if I'm already after one year getting offers from like 
you know, temple type of schools. Like imagine sure. what I could do if I stay here for two more years and we're still really good. And now all of a sudden I can get a big 10 job or an ACC right. job. I mean, that's, right. that's the thing is like, you know, wait for those jobs. So, you know, what golden on defense, yeah. coach McCall on offense. That's, that would be my guess of potentials for after the season. Brandon Spader got tickets for the Notre Dame Ohio. What's that? Braden. Wow. I said Brandon, didn't I? Yeah. My bad, bud. Sorry about that. Got tickets for the Notre Dame. You don't be calling people Brandon if their name's not Brandon. That's just not, that's not where you want to be. Not anymore. Yeah. You're right about that. I'm 21. So I miss Bon Jovi's golden days, but we need him to perform living on a prayer in front of, (laughs) in front of touchdown Jesus before the game. (laughs) Brian, I know you have connections. I got to be the one getting this done. All right, I'll, I'll let me see if I got Bon Jovi's name on my phone. <laughs> nope, I don't. Um, nope. So, Come on, man. Yeah. Let me see if Coach Freeman will or answer when I call. Nope. 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 He doesn't. Straight to voicemail. So, <laughs> I think I think Jack Swarbrick might have a restraining order against me by this point in time. So I don't know if I can help you on this one, but I'm sorry. I don't think I can. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, I, I love the sentiment, though. But uh, honestly, like now in seriousness, this is one of those games, Vince, where, you know, it, now's the time, right? Yeah. Like, you, now's the time. You got them at home. Yep. You're you're in year two of your staff. You're in year two of your defense. You know, you're, you're basically running a, the similar offense, what you've done. You've got an offensive line. You've got a better quarterback. You know, it's time, Yeah. right? It's time. Yeah. It's yeah. time for Notre Dame to step up and say, hey, you know, we're the team, we're the team to beat now, right? That That's basically what they have to do. And and every team that's kind of ascended to that point in time, they've had to beat that team that that's been their problem to get there. And you, you know, you look at Georgia or, you know, look, what did Georgia have to do to win a title? They had to beat Bama. They played Bama in the sem- in the SEC title game and got whooped. Right. Well, they got their rematch of champ attempt and they, they got it done. Right. They went out and got it done. And and so Notre Dame, the first time they played for a title under Kelly, you had to beat that team that just you couldn't beat before that. That was Stanford. You know, not only had you not been had beaten them in the last couple of years, right? They'd kicked your butt the last two yes, years. Yes, they did. They just out physicaled you, man. Like right. And so in in twenty eleven, Stanford didn't even play well and beat Notre Dame by ten. Yeah, and they didn't play well. So uh, you you look at it, Vince, and it, you're going to have to beat that team. And there's no excuses. I mean, yeah, they got great receivers. Yeah, and you've got one of the best corner tandems in the country, you know, and and their offensive line's rebuilding, and you've got a bunch of dudes coming back on the D line that played last year. You know, I mean, you, your entire linebacking core comes back. You're going to be more athletic at safety this year than you were last year. I mean, yeah. you've got an offensive line that's supposed to be. Oh, you know, they got a great D line. Yeah, and you're supposed to have one of the best. No excuses. No exactly. excuses. Exactly. Right. You've got the more experienced, proven quarterback. No excuses. And it's time to get it done. And But I think part of it comes down to, for Notre Dame, is you've got to believe that you're the better team. Mm-hmm. Not tell yourself you're the better team, but truly believe you're the better team. And, and it can't be like a living on a prayer moment. It's got to be, no, we don't need a prayer to beat you. We're better than you. Why does Notre Dame play the way they did against Clemson last year? Because there are kids on this team that have played against Clemson and beat them. We know we can beat Clemson. How no. do you know that? We've done it. Mm-hmm. We've beat them. That, that goes back to what I was talking about before right. with going down to Clemson. And yes, Clemson's going to play better than they did up here last year. No doubt about right. it. But you've got a collective belief in that locker room that we did this before. And not only did we do it, we beat the crap out of them. 
Now, they're still going to take this team seriously and this game seriously and all of that. But you can't take away that experience, man. Like, that experience absolutely means something. Yeah. So we'll see. But I, I love I love the sentiment. But it's really awesome. You got tickets to the game, man. This is going to be this is going to be man. Right? I can't a fun fun day. It's going to be a fun day. environment that day. We will, we will probably time. we'll be tailgating that day. We'll be tailgating mm. that day. No doubt about it. I'm going to be Last, so quiet because <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be like in the zone, like so ready yep. for that game. Because like. yeah. It's be a little less chaotic this year than it was last year getting to the game, Vince. That was oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was a day. That was a fun, it was a fun car was ride a, for us until we got to Columbus. Yes, that's correct. It was a great car ride. Until. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Archer. Until we got to Columbus. There we go, Archer. Do you think a program who hasn't made the college football playoff before will make it for the first time this year before the field expands to 12? This is a good question. I, I think so. Um, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, Archer. I, I don't know. I, I think it's possible. Do I think a program w- will make it? I, I think it's possible. Uh, so I want to answer it properly. But I, I'm I'm still working on my preseason predictions, Vince, and I am so back and forth on this. I've got Georgia making it. Okay. Little little um a little glimpse into our prediction show, Notre Dame fans. I have Notre Dame making it. Um after that, it's like, okay. Does Ohio State do they beat Ohio State and then Ohio State runs the table and they're back in? Right. Uh, you know, d- is it Michigan from the Big Ten? You know, does Notre Dame beat Ohio State and then, or Ohio State could also beat Notre Dame and then Notre Dame runs the table and then that knocks Clemson out and USC out. I mean, there's Notre Dame's going to have such a big impact on. Oh my gosh! The, yes. the playoff this year, they could <laughs> literally knock out two of the three Power Five champions. Yes. For of a playoff spot. Yep. Because if like let's say Notre Dame's eleven and one and they, they lose to Ohio State, but they beat USC and Clemson. There's a good chance Notre Dame's eleven and one and those two teams are twelve and one. They won their leagues, but they lost to Notre Dame. Right. And then Notre Dame's resume would be would be really impressive. And so you look at it and say, Man, like that, that could be that could be an interesting situation. So they they could end up knocking all three out because it's the minute that if if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, for argument's sake. Ohio State is now in a winner go home mo- moment. Now, if Ohio year. State runs the table, I think they're in and should be in because they will have beat Penn State. They will have beat Michigan, Michigan on the run and have won a Big Ten title sure. game against what I think is going to be either either Wisconsin is what people think they'll be and they're a top fifteen team, or what I believe is Iowa's going to be a lot better this year. And and they're going to here's my prediction. I think Iowa's going to have that magical season. Because of the transfers are going to help. They're going to play in the Big Ten title. It's going to be a much more competitive game. They're going to win their bowl game, and Kirk Ferentz is going to retire. That, that's my prediction. That's my prediction for Iowa. So point being, if Ohio State loses in a competitive game at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is the team I think they're going to be, Ohio State has a playoff resume. So they could get it. But, but they've still got to beat Penn State at home and go to Michigan to beat Michigan. Michigan's schedule is ridiculously, stupidly soft. Joke. But – they still have to play at Penn State, and they still have to beat Ohio State, and then win the Big Ten title game. Sure, that may not be as easy. I'm, I'm just waiting on Ohio State to wake up and say, "We're not going to take this anymore." You know, I mean, we'll we'll see. Well, Ohio State can't beat Michigan at at Michigan. Well, Michigan just beat Ohio State at at Ohio State. Let's not act like this wasn't a you know a, a series Notre Dame do- or Ohio State dominated for ten years. Let's not act like that's completely gone. So we'll see. But like the Big Ten could beat itself up. Yeah, right. I could see a scenario where. Notre Dame beats Ohio State. Ohio State beats Penn State, loses to, or, or excuse me, loses or beats Penn State and Michigan, 
but then you know loses to somebody else or you know beats Penn State, loses to Michigan. Michigan loses to Penn State, gets upset in the Big Ten title game. Penn State could could beat Michigan, lose to Ohio State, and then go in a situation where they lose at Illinois early in the season, which is going to be a really tough sure. game for me in week three for them. I mean, there's so many different scenarios you look at, Vince, and say, boy, this this could get really interesting. Um, so the Big Ten could eat itself up, and Notre Dame will have a say on that. If Notre Dame beats USC and USC wins the Pac-12, what happens there? Uh, but I think, also the, I think USC, the Pac-12 is going to beat the crap out of each other. Exactly. I, because the Pac-12 has brought their talent so level deep. way higher. They, so, we don't talk about it yeah. because ESPN doesn't talk about it. Sure. So it doesn't get discussed enough. But the quality of coaching the Pac-12 has seen a significant jump in the last three, four years, yeah. you know, adding Jonathan Smith, Chip Kelly, uh, obviously, um, you know, Lincoln Riley over t- Clay Helton. It's a huge upgrade. Sure. You know, I, I like the hire that Arizona made with Judd Fish. He's doing a really nice job. The guy in Washington state seems to be doing a really nice job there. Um, Washington with Kalen DeBoer's do, that, that was a great hire. Yeah. You know, Oregon, uh, Oregon with Dan Landing. I mean, we'll see, we'll see if he can build on it, but he did a nice job in his first year. So to your point, you uh, we talked about UCLA. I think Justin Wilcox is doing a nice job at Cal. That's just a tough place to win, and they're losing sure. all their players and they can't recruit. Hiring Troy Taylor, that was a really good hire for Stanford to go out and get a, a very experienced offensive West Coast type of mentality coach from the FCS level who had done a really nice job. So the 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 talent in that league from a coach, Kyle Whittingham. I forgot about Kyle Whittingham. Oh, yeah. and they uh, Colorado's hired Deion Sanders. You know, so like the the coaching in that league has taken such a huge jump in recent years, but we don't talk about. You know, ESPN says, "Well, I don't know why people don't watch the Pac-12 because you don't talk about the Pac-12, right?" And it's their entity; like Like, they should. Yes, aren't aren't, exactly those games are on ESPN? Some of them. So I mean, they at least have part of the package, right? Right? Like talk about your people. So uh, it uh, it, it's they. But to your point, the Pac-12 and the Big Twelve could sort of annihilate each other. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12 is another conference. Dude, other than – I mean, Iowa State's the worst team in that league last year, and they had like four or five games that were a touchdown or less. Yeah. Were a play here or a play there, and they win. I mean, now that Kansas is respectable, it's like, dude, that, that one easy win you thought you were always going to have is now a bowl team. Sure. You know what I mean? And so you could see a lot of that. I mean, yeah. Clemson's going to have a legit contender along with them this year, at least one, in my opinion, in, in, in Florida State. You know, the SEC West is going to be super competitive this year, in my opinion. The SEC East, I don't think, is going to be as competitive, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think Tennessee is going to be as good as people think they're going to be. I, right. just, I just don't think that they are. I think they peaked a little bit too early, so they lost some dudes that they would have needed to you know, have. If they didn't peak last year, and let's say Jalen Hyatt comes back, yeah, I feel a little bit different about this one. So, uh, you know, it just it's going to be an, a crazy year, Vince. Yeah, but they say, well, you know, I could see a team like Washington sneaking in. Well, they've been in the playoff before, right? They've been in, so that would be new. Has not, so right. that would be one, right? If Oregon wins the Pac-12 this year, they're not new. They've been right. in before, right? So it would it would mean that you Utah or USC would have to to win it to to be that new team, or a surprise team like Oregon State, or a surprise team out of the Big Twelve. Yeah, possibility, right? You know, but like Oklahoma's uh, made it before. TCU's now made it. You'd have to be Texas. I could see, but I I could see Texas making the playoff this year. I could. Baylor. I'm not ready to predict them yet. At least not yet. I may by the time I make my final predictions because I'm just looking at the schedules. Like, man, like these teams. This is going to be tough for that team to get to the playoff. 
Uh, Florida State's been in it before from the ACC. I don't see any other ACC team capable of it, in my opinion. I, you know, maybe an NC State makes a run, I, maybe. But, I mean, is anybody else in the – you seen the ACC capable of running the table and getting no, into the playoff? I don't. Not, not a playoff team. No. Clemson and Florida State, and they've already both been in. SEC would have to be a – it would have to be – you know, LSU's been in it before. Uh, Alabama's been in it before. It would have to be like an Auburn. They're not going to get in. Arkansas's not. A&M's not. It'd have to be like a Tennessee. And I just don't see them getting in. So yeah. uh, from the big conferences where we've already seen it, like the Big Ten, maybe if it would have to be Penn State. They're the only one capable of being new. Could I see Penn State making a run to the playoff? Yeah, I could. Sure. I could. If Drew Aller's legit this year, then yeah, I think Penn State can make a run. So it'd have to be – so who would the options be, Vince? It would have to be a Penn State in the Big Ten. It would have – or like a miracle season from like Iowa, which I don't see. I, I see sure. Iowa being in the Big Ten title game. I don't see them being an undefeated team that goes to the playoffs right. or even a one-loss team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. I don't. It, it, from the SEC, it would have to be Tennessee. From the Pac-12, it'd have to be USC. USC. USC to me is probably the most likely because they have a very challenging schedule to where right. they could go twelve and one and get and in. Their strength of schedule would be good enough. They can to get afford them in, yeah. a loss. They can afford a <clears> loss <throat> to Notre Dame and still get in, or a, or a, a conference loss, and now you've got a win on the road against Notre Dame, yeah. and you've got a shot to get in, right? And, uh, and so. You know, all things being equal, if Notre Dame, if Michigan and USC are both twelve and one at the end of the year, the odds are pretty good that USC has a much better resume than Michigan does. Yes, Utah, yeah, Utah would have a shot, but I just don't see how Utah can. Like Utah is is an old school program, and here's what I mean by that: old school back in the day, you were willing to kind of schedule tough in the non-conference because it was preparing you to win your conference because your goal was always to win your league because the winning the national championship was out of your control to a degree because it was all voters you had to win your conference and so everything michigan did in the non-conference they would play notre dame and florida state and miami because it was all getting them ready to go get to the rose bowl right that was the goal and now it's like these teams are scheduling to get make a playoff run Right, you know, we we got to give our we can't afford to lose a non conference game, blah 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 blah. Well, so Utah is saying old by old school they're going they're loading up the non conference. Yeah, because they're to, in order to prepare them to go make a run in the in the league, and we saw that last year. I mean, they, they their first game of the year they played last year's at Florida, and they end up losing, but it makes them better. It makes them a better football team. You know, playing a tougher non conference schedule it made them better. They played San Diego State. That's a 
you know, on paper, ended up San Diego State ended up not being good last year. But the year before, I think San Diego State was like an 11-12 win team year before. Uh, they still won 10 last year. I think what was their record last year? What was San Diego State's record? No, they weren't that good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven and six. But I believe in 2021, they were pretty good. Yeah, they were 12 and two in 2021. So when you schedule them, they're a pretty darn good team. And then that helps them get ready for conference play. Well, this year, Utah is starting the season off with a home game against Florida, and they're going to Baylor. So not only do you have to win in your league, not only do you have to win home games against UCLA, Oregon, Arizona State, and Colorado, and then road games against um, um, Arizona State, then road games against Oregon State, USC, Washington, and Arizona, you also have to beat Florida and Baylor in the non-conference. I don't see how they do that. I don't see how they they, get through that schedule. If they get one loss, they're in. And you have to beat somebody in a rematch. Now, Utah's right. proven they can do that. They've done that right. these last two right. years. But it could but be with, a little tougher this year. With one loss, though, they've got the right. schedule right. To, to get in. It's so, I mean, tough. They're on the list. If they go 13-1, and one, they better be in the freaking playoffs. Yeah, that, that schedule is daunting. That schedule's daunting. Uh, sure. But I just don't see them doing that. So yeah. then it comes down to, you know, you're hoping USC can be that team. Right. Right? Right. Uh, Big 12, I mean, Texas to me is really the only – team that could potentially make a playoff run that hasn't made it before i mean i don't see texas tech i don't see an oklahoma's already been in i don't see oklahoma state being a team that makes a run so the number of teams are are, are not great mm-hmm. that are in position to do it yeah. in my opinion so it but now again a year ago at this time you and i would have had a 30-minute conversation about teams that could potentially make the playoff and one team we would never have mentioned it's TCU. TCU. Never yeah. would have brought TCU up. Nope. Ever. Nope. If you'd have brought TCU up, I'd have said, Vince, bro, <laughs> come on now. Right. Like, you're, you're, you're not being serious now. Well, and, and, right. and Duggan was, was the backup quarterback going into the season, wasn't he? Well, he, yeah, because he had some health issues. But yeah, I mean, TCU in 2021, Vince was coming off of a five and seven season. They fired yeah. their coach. They're a longtime coach. They hired this new guy from SMU. You know, like you, you and I would have said they'd had to, they had to play at Kansas. I mean, excuse me, um, at Texas, at Baylor, they had to play Oklahoma. You know, I mean, you, you and I looked at schedule and said, no, man, right. dude, they're a five and seven team. You can't name me three players off their team. There's <laughs> no way you're an idiot if you think TC is going to make the playoff this year, Vince. Like, why are you even clowning me? Like, uh, I told you to do research for this show, Vince, and you're just pulling, like, names randomly. Just like, oh, pulling names out of a hat. Uh, TCU, right? Come on, Vince, be serious. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, by the end of the year, you look like a freaking genius. Right, right. right. But I'd have clowned you, or, or if I would have made that prediction, you'd have clowned me. Yeah, right. And all the people in the chat would have clowned me if I didn't, like, TCU's my surprise team. Name. Like, dude, they went five and seven. They just got a brand new coach from SMU. What, are like, you what do you about? know that we don't know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the point being, there could always be that kind of sure. team. But just as of what we know right now, there, there aren't a ton of options. Right. Yeah. For teams that can make. Like when Clemson made their run in 15, you saw that coming. Sure. Right. The year before they lost four games, but that was because they were young. Deshaun got hurt. They beat, they killed Oklahoma in a bowl game. Two years prior to that, they beat Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Year before that, they beat an LSU in a bowl game. Like they were ascending, and you were just kind of waiting on them to kind of kick that door down, right. especially once they got Deshaun. That didn't surprise anybody. I wouldn't have predicted Washington to be a playoff team in 2016. Right. I wouldn't have predicted Michigan State to be a playoff team going to 2015, although that wouldn't have been a crazy prediction, but I wouldn't have predicted it. I mean, Ohio State's coming off of winning the national championship. 
I, I wouldn't have predicted Michigan State to be that team that next year. So there's always a chance that one of those teams breaks out that we're not prepared for. Sure. I just I just think that the but it could happen, right? It could happen. I mean, two years ago we had three new teams in the playoff, right? Cincinnati and Michigan. That's true. Or two new teams in the playoff. This past year we had a new team, right? right? One new team, correct? Yep. So yeah, it, it could happen. Certainly could happen. I just I'm just not um the list I'm is not very certain small. that it will. The, the yeah. list is small. Yeah. Yeah. Of 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 teams that right now you wouldn't look like a crazy person for predicting to get right. in the playoff. Right. Right. Like if I said saying Oregon State's going to the playoff, guys, they're going. They're going. You ought to be like, come on, man. Like <laughs> they're going. Just the Jonathan Smith send you a check to promote his team. Come on now, be serious. Be serious. <laughs> Colorado, baby, so, look out. Here they come. Yeah. I mean, but that would just be something you do for clicks. I mean, I hey, we're gonna do a segment on Colorado's a playoff team, and we're gonna put that out. And it's like because we want to grow our channel and people will listen to that and we'll make money off of it. But it's not a serious prediction. Exactly. They went one and eleven, have one of the worst they're completely reholding the roster. I mean, no clue what they're gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be very good. Yeah. But in all seriousness, it's it's probably six or seven teams. And that's about it. Now I hope that that happens. I would love it if it's like Notre Dame and a, uh, you know, a couple new teams, and then Georgia. You know, I mean, oh, but um, I would do. But honestly, for Notre Dame to, to to like, let's just say that that we could predict that Notre Dame's going to win the play, win the championship this year. Honestly, I would much rather be against established teams. Honestly, that way you would the naysayers of. Yeah. You know, well, this that, was a down year for Georgia. Right. You know, I would, I would, I, you, you want to beat at least one of of Alabama or Georgia in the playoff, right? You want to, you know, or or even LSU because they've won a title recently and then they would have beaten those one of those two teams. But sure. you're going to get a chance to to get one, two of those big wins in the regular season, Ohio State and USC. You get to the postseason, you want to be able to at least have one of those SEC wins. You want to beat at least one of LSU, Georgia, or excuse me, uh, Georgia, Bama, or LSU, in my right. opinion. Right. And then if you beat somebody else in the championship game, fine. Right. But it, at least in the semis, you want to beat somebody. But I, I said this before the, the dream scenario for me is two SEC teams make it. You beat LSU in the semis, beat Georgia in the championship, and then nobody can ever say anything to you. Right. right. I mean, that's just, that'd be the that, dream that, scenario. That would be a mic drop uh, playoff yeah. for sure. End of the day, though, I'll take a championship anyway and get it. I don't really darn care. Right. Like, darn right. I mean, there's, look, there's three there's, brand there's, new teams. Yeah. Because of the way the regular season is, you say, dude, we beat Ohio State, we beat right. USC, we beat Clemson to get here. Like, I don't exactly. care what you say. I don't care who you think we absolutely we play in postseason. It doesn't matter who gets in the way. Yeah. Just go win it. Yep. Agree. Agree. All right. Let's go. Last couple uh, events that we'll get to and we'll be, uh, right. we'll be out of here. Tyler Misguided Passion Bank. Is it? I get this one wrong every time. How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I think it's Benj. 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 Cool. Right. I could Tyler. Tyler, let us know, man. I apologize. We always get this wrong. Thoughts on everyone being low on JD as a linebacker. We talked about this before the show, man. And uh, we've talked about it in a recent show as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, people are going to have their opinion and and that's fine. But the, you know, the production doesn't lie. He's been the leading tackler the last two years on the team. Okay. There's that. And, you know, I don't think I'm giving anything away to think that he's going to take a step. And that is the intel that we're getting is that he is, he's showing out. I mean, he's showing out. And I predict, I, I'm not saying I predicted that. That's not the way that might. I expect JD to take yeah. that next step, both on the field and off. And I hope he shuts up some well, of his critics. Off the field, I think he's you. already kind of nailed that. I sure. Mean, he, he's, he was a captain last year. He's a leader. I mean, he right. is a leader on that team. 
Look, it, it comes down to several factors, one of which I don't really care to get into. We all know what it is. It's the way he looks. Right. The other factor is, is that he did have some early season struggles, and mm-hmm. people just can't get past that. And and right. for whatever reason, like 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 JD Bertrand was willing coming out of high school, and I didn't even think about this till somebody brought it up on the board. But JD Bertrand was willing to take a walk on scholarship at Notre Dame as a freshman hmm. because they were tight on numbers. And because he comes from a family that's able to do that, then he was willing to do that. It ended that. up not working out that way. He ended up just being on scholarship. But it was he was like sure. recruited as a scholarship kid. He just came from a different situation where he wanted to be at Notre Dame. That's how bad J.D. Bertrand wanted to be at Notre Dame. He was committed to Georgia I love, I love before he came to Notre Dame. And so it's not like he's some bum that they, you know, he, he you know, he he's a walk-on that nobody ever heard of and, and, right. and like Joe Schmidt or something, and all of a sudden becomes you know a solid player at Notre Dame, which Joe was before the injury, was a solid player. Mm-hmm. And, and then they look at him, and he looks like when he's got the pads on, he looks like Joe Schmidt. He just does, right? Now I would argue right. he's a much more muscular version of Joe Schmidt, but he looks like Joe Schmidt, and people still have PTSD about Joe Schmidt. Sure. And and then so then when he makes a mistake, he misses a tackle or he does something wrong, then it's it's blown way up, and they'll it's ignore. My, like yeah. I had a guy literally said, I don't remember him making a single play. Like I could put a JD Bertrand highlight tape together of just the Clemson game from last year, right? But like in his head, all he remembers is the couple missed tackles, right? I mean, you know, but when you look at his production, and I and I said this the other day, and I even expanded it out to a seventh game. But here, here's what I got from JD. If it, last year, if you take his just his last seven games, just the last seven games, when you know he's finally got a good read on the defense, he's been able to get more experience because remember he missed parts of two games, like whole halves of games early in the season because of the targeting at back-to-back games. In the final seven games, he had 59 tackles, 41 of which were solos, seven tackles for loss, two sacks, and three breakups. If you project that level of – this is for context. If you say if he produced for an entire season what he did for those seven games, he would have finished the year with 110 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, four sacks, and six pass breakups. If you take his solo tackle numbers from the final seven games, 41 solo tackles, and put that over in the course of an entire season – 76 solo tackles. I'm going to give you some numbers of solo tackle numbers for Notre Dame in the last 15 years. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa in his two years, 42 and 54 solo tackles. Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil in 2018 both had 63. Jalen Smith, the year he won the Buckus Award, had 69 solo tackles. Jalen Smith, the year before, 64. In Manti's last three years, he had 55. The year he was a runner-up for Heisman, 62 and 64. JD in the last seven games had a solo production rate, solo tackle production rate that would have equaled 76 over the course of an entire season. More than all of those guys. Significantly higher. Mm -hmm. 13 tackles for loss. More the only guy on that list that ever had more than 13 tackles for loss is Jeremiah in 2019. That's it. Right. So now again, that's only seven games. But the point is, is is you can't tell me that a guy that did that for seven games during the arguably the toughest stretch of the schedule where you had USC, South Carolina, Syracuse, and Clemson during that stretch. You can't tell me a guy that produced at that level was, is not a good football player. Now, is he a great football player? No, not, not he's not. Can he be a an All-American caliber producer? Maybe. Maybe. That was one of my bold predictions I, I, I said. But at the very least, he's going to be a pretty good middle linebacker this season. If you just say – he just does what he did at the end. If he just repeats this season what he showed for seven straight games last season, and it wasn't padded by like one game where he was like 
way he had four like remember when Jerron Jones in in 2016 had like 11 tackles for loss mm-hmm. you remember that season mm-hmm. and you're like wow that's that's a heck of a season but then you look at the numbers you're like yeah but he had six in one game it's six in one game against Miami he only had one two three five other games he even had a tackle for loss or even a half a tackle for loss that season right so it's not like JD went out against Navy and had 23 tackles. Right. He didn't play against Navy. He didn't play against Navy. Season. And that's one of the reasons right. the Navy game was as close as it was, right. by the way. Uh, you know, but it was it was just consistently good production. He his highest t- t- tackle total during that stretch was 13. That's it. Yeah. His highest tackle for loss number during that stretch was two. He had a tackle for loss in every game except the BC game because he didn't play but a half of football in that game. But he, I mean, so so you look at it and say there's just this assumption that because he looks like how he looks and the same thing for Jack Kaiser, because he looks how he looks like some guy on Twitter and, and the guy was very nice in his responses event. So I'm not trying to blast him because he, he, you know, he responded what I said. It wasn't like a back, but his initial comment was he's too slow to play at this level. And my response was, there's a lot of things you can be critical of with JD Bertrand. He's got to tackle better. He's got to do a better job of block destruction. He's got to be more consistent with his assignment correctness. He's got to do a better job of getting underneath routes when he's playing zone cover. All things JD's got to get better at. That's one thing that should never, ever be something that people criticize him for, and they still do. There are people in this chat right. listening to me say this thing. You're wrong. You know what you're talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. I, I don't know what to tell you. Right. I'm just telling you this kid is going to surprise you when he goes to the Combine. Same with Jack Kaiser. Right. Right. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things you can criticize these guys for limitations that they have length and height and build and all that. But speed ain't one of them. Exactly. But just people, somebody has it in their head for whatever reason. And there's nothing I can do to convince them otherwise. And honestly, there's nothing J.D. can do outside of a monster season. If J.D. has right. 100 tackles, nine tackles for loss, two sacks, five breakups, that's a pretty good year. And mm-hmm. there's some people say he sucks. Imagine what they can do if they get a real linebacker there. Right. I mean, that's just that's just what we were going to say. This is going to be this is going to be a classic case. And I'm this is saying nothing against whoever's behind mm-hmm. J.D. That's not the point I'm making. Ziggler, Drake Bowen. Yeah, right. whatever. You're going to miss J.D. Bertrand when he's not on this team anymore for at least a season. That That's what I'll say. Yeah, at least for a season, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing about it too, Vince, it gets frustrating <clears throat> is it just comes down to pe- people will then look for what they want. They will look for him to make a mistake and they will find Amos because every player makes a mistake in every game. Yes. And that's all they're going to remember from that game. Correct. Right. I mean, the fact that you are someone who, who claims to have watched Notre Dame play last year, claims to have watched the Clemson game and then say in the same breath, I don't remember him ever making a play. That's confirmation bias. That's all that is. Because mm-hmm. that could be, I mean, just the first half alone, JD had two tackles for loss. Right. And they were right. impressive. Tackles. I mean, one was he shoots inside the guard from the backside, shoots inside the tackle, beats him to the ball, and has a tackle for loss. Right. You know, like, okay, maybe you should watch that game a little bit more. You know, pay a little <laughs> bit more attention to that game. Right. Um. So, you know, some of it's just, and some of it's just people just like to be negative. But I think there's, I think there's, legitimate reasons for people to say jd's got to play better this year because he can't have the first half or second half difference like he did last year you can't do that this there's no point in the schedule where you can afford to have that and you don't get burned there's no five game stretch that you don't play somebody really freaking good that you can afford to have your linebackers play like that next year especially jd can't can't Mm -hmm. do it 
consistency has got to be the key because I can't be having a, well, if you take this stretch and you project over, no, he needs to be that for the entire season. Sure. Yeah. Right. He needs to be a hundred tackle, 10 tackle for loss, two sack, four or five breakup. He needs to be that next season. He was almost that the year before at will. He had a hundred tackles and seven and a half tackles for loss. Needs to be that guy this year. And I think he's capable of it, you know, and, and if, and if he doesn't live up that standard and he takes a step back this season, then yeah, Nolan Ziegler better get a shot. Drake Bowen better get a shot, but I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a, a, again, a pretty good football player. If you just go watch how he played the last six or seven games, he's a pretty good football player. And uh, some people just, I, I, some you're people not going to change gonna, their mind. You're, you're not. not. You're not going to change not. their mind. And that's. I can have to, 13 tackles. Yeah. I'll say, well, yeah, because look how great the defensive line was. They never exactly. blocked them. Right. Yeah. That, and that's that's like, yeah, that's called football. Right. <laughs> look at look at the half again. The first half against Pitt in 2012 when Manti didn't have Lewis Nix in front of him and and talk to me about, oh, yeah, that's true for all linebackers. You know right. what I mean? So uh, it just is what it is. But, you know, J.D. has to play better, too. Right. Sure. I mean, he can't. He can't be the same guy he was last year and, and because last no, year included yeah, exactly. that five game stretch where, because like remember all the great numbers I talked about in the last seven games and the first five games he had four solo tackles in five games exactly. unacceptable for a middle linebacker absolutely nineteen assisted tackles unacceptable for a middle linebacker need more from that right well then he did once he learned the system and got, and was able to stay in the game he did do that so he just has to carry that into this season that's going to be the key here's the deal if Jack Kaiser and J D Bertrand can just continue doing what they did at the end of last season and the will linebacker position gets fixed. This is going to be one heck of a linebacking core. Agreed. I think part of the issue is, is Maris was so bad last year at times and for stretches mm-hmm. that people have projected his struggles onto the entire linebacking core. That's what I think. And uh, hopefully he gets better or they find somebody else there to do that. Cause like, could you right. imagine if JD and Jack just, continue what they did the second half of last season, and Maris goes back to being what he was before the injury. Man. And then you dial up those two young guys every now and again, too. Like, you know, get them in a little rotation. Yep. It's going to be a – yeah, exactly. And that's yep. the ideal world, by the way, for all the people that hate J.D. and hate Marist. That's your ideal scenario. Yeah, and then Nolan and Jalen are part of your rotation to yeah. play 20, 25 yeah. snap, 30 snaps a game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Jalen's your third down, a third down guy plays occasionally in your rotation. Nolan is your primary backup, but Mike and Will, and you're rocking and rolling. That, yep. That's the dream. That that's is the dream. dream. And if Maris doesn't get it done, then then you've got to put somebody else out there. Sure. sure. And, and But hopefully it does. Hopefully the light goes on for Maris. I mean, that's the guy. That's if. And what's funny is all this hate for JD, and it's like people don't really talk about Maris for one of two reasons. One is you just have a thing on JD, or two is like, well, I just assume he's not going to be playing again. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. And then, uh, yeah, let, let's end it with that one, Vince. I think okay. that's a good one to end it on. It's yeah. a good one to end it on. I agree. I'm, I'm getting a lot of Kane Madden love in the chat, which I love. I know, right? I turned it on just now, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us uh, this afternoon for our breakdown of the running backs and a little bit of mailbag action. Make sure you – I'm going to hide the comment. Here we go. Boom. Make sure you like, subscribe. Hit that notification bell, share with your family and friends. And you know what? That notification bell might be important because we have a planned show on Saturday at 1 o'clock. And you might forget. You might be going about your day on a Saturday, just hanging out, and all of a sudden you get that bing. Well, guess what? It's time to watch our breakdown of the tight ends on Saturday. So uh, 
Brian, do you have anything else to add there? Yeah, man. So we have those two big Intel pieces on the message board. Oh, that's right. So if you are not a subscriber, you need to become a subscriber. At uh, Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. Sign up. We've got those two Intel pieces. I've got some stuff for the offensive Intel piece. Still waiting to hear back from a couple people to uh, get some more. And uh, going to have that up here over the next, hopefully, 24 to 48 hours as well. And you can only get that on the premium board, man. Definitely That's check right. that out. We've had a lot of people sign up the last couple of days. So uh, I think we've had about 40 signups the last couple of days. So want to get more. So we're getting closer and closer to our, our, our goal. As I said before, the goal that I set for next season, we're close to getting now. And I really want to get there before mm-hmm. the season starts. So love that. Uh, if you're if you're on this, if you're someone who's a loyal listener to this chat and you always want to support us, go sign up for the message boards. Even right. if you're not a message board person, number one, this is a different kind of message board, and I work hard to keep it that way. I've had people leave because oh, you 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 delete too many posts. And you know, that's fine because I'm not going to let this board grow into the cesspool that exists on other right. boards. We're just not. I'd rather have fewer people, but I think there's a lot of people who are are don't like message boards because they are that. Well, our place is different. And right. we're going to work to keep it different. And we want to talk ball. I had a guy yesterday made a sort of ranking position groups. And and I responded that I didn't agree with them. And he sends me this really long, well thought out. 99 problems BK1. You, you've seen him in the oh, chat. Yeah. He, this great long. I mean, we didn't necessarily agree on it, but it was this great response of explaining why. So we're going to we get a lot more football talk. Uh, obviously going to have the Intel talk. Uh, but it's also just a way that if you're not a message board person, it's a way you can support us if you want to support us. Yeah. You know, there's no rule saying you have to get on the message board X number of times. If you just want to sign up to support us and for an annual or or whatever, if you're someone who wants some of the, the you know, you're more of a podcast listener, but you want to, you know, you're, you're an IB person, sign up for the gold club because you still get the gear, right? You don't have to get on the message board, but it's a way for you to support us and you get the gear and you get the merch. Because if you sign up for the, the shamrock uh, blue or gold, you get the merch. It comes with it. It's just free. It's, it's our thank you to you for being part of the booster club. So you can definitely check that out as well at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Matter of fact, Vince, I think I'm going to put the, uh, I think I'm going to put the link to that now. There you go. So people can click on that and sign up. And like I said, you don't even have to be a Notre Dame fan to sign up. If you're, if you like talking ball, man, there's a place for you. Also, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of prayer requests and things like that on this show. We get a lot of those on the chat as well. And I had someone reached out, said recently that they'd like to kind of have a board that's dedicated towards people just want to talk about life and, you know, and, and have those things. And, and so we're actually going to take one of our, one of our, I think our non, our non sports discussion board and turn that into like a prayer board. So people can go there and say, Hey, I just, you know, I'm really struggling or I need this or I've got this. And then people can go to that and we can pray for each other and just kind of part of building that community. So we'll have that here set before the season starts as well. Uh, I thought that was a great idea and I'm bummed at myself for not being the one to think of doing that, but it was a great <laughs> idea. So we'll, we'll get that done here at some point as well. That's why it takes uh, a but village, that's what right? we're at. I mean, it's a community events. It's, a, it's right. a family and that's what makes it different. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so sign up boards at ourbreakdown.com. Definitely check that out. Vince for sure. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. With that said, thanks for joining us on the Irish breakdown podcast, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at one o'clock. I'm guessing I'm uh, tomorrow. Actually, I'll start at two because okay. I'm doing the solo show. Oh, gotcha. So the Wednesday Sholo show, the midweek rundown. Oh, that's a good point, Vince. Tomorrow's show, I'm doing my 10 reasons why I'm excited about the Notre Dame 2023 season. So it's a week before camp starts. It's something I said last week I was going to talk about because I just don't get why more people aren't fired up about this team. I think it's – I don't know what it is, but I'm really excited about this team. 
And so um, I'm going to my show next week, the first part, I'm going to have a couple other sections about it. I'm going to have a college football section. I'm going to talk about some different things. Uh, but my first section is going to be 10 reasons why I'm excited about this Notre Dame Beautiful. football team. And I'm going to kind of lay out my case for why I think Notre Dame has what it takes to be a, ch- a championship caliber team this season. So that'll be my topic for Love tomorrow. That. starts at 2 p.m. Eastern is when we'll start. Tomorrow. Nice. And then don't forget, IB Nation no, Sports No Park. mailbag because it's a solo right. show. So there right. won't be any mailbag. Don't forget IB Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock with Jesse and Sean. And then tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So we're going to keep on giving you the content because you guys keep coming and we love it. So for Brian, I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.